Welcome to the God Reports podcast. Today's interview is with Joshua Curry, a 22-year-old that attends Asbury College in Kentucky. On Wednesday, February 8th, Curry attended what appeared to be an unexceptional chapel service. A visiting speaker with the Christian and Missionary Alliance gave a talk about sacrificial love in Hughes Auditorium. It was a message preached on Romans 12, what love looks like in action, Curry recalls. After the message, about 20 or so students stayed in the chapel. Curry went back to his dorm room. A few hours went by and then he heard a surprising report. There was still worship going on in the chapel. Here's God Reports journalist Mark Ellis with Mr. Curry talking about the Asbury revival. Enjoy. Objectively, I guess what happened was is last Wednesday, the 8th, um, we had a chapel service, just part of our normal series of chapel messages. And it was uh, a message was preached on Romans 12, uh, just um, what love looks like in action. Mm. So this was midday on last Wednesday. Yes. And were you, how soon were you there? Baptist grandmother says that all that 
cling too much of Christ to ever not be a Christian, that my faith is ever distant, but impenetrably fixed in my soul. And then I wrote down, I said, illuminate me, God. Amen. And this is, when I had finished writing that, I heard out in the hall, uh, two guys were talking and they said, oh, they're all still in chapel. And so I did go back to see, and sure enough, they were. And it, like I said, it did not seem very unusual, um, except there is a sort of just serenity about the place. Hmm. Um, it, it wasn't. It's not. It's not hyped up. Psalm 27.
<laughs> Let me go back. Excuse me. You said something. Did the weather conditions seem unusual? Um, I know some people said they were. I, I'll tell you, I did not, like, I noticed them. Like, oh, yeah, this is a bit strange, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it myself at the time. I mean, I remarked on it, like, oh, it's very windy today. <laughs> but I know, at least there were some people who were saying that they had walked around the whole chapel on the outside, and it just felt like the wind, no matter what side of the building they were on, it was blowing towards the chapel. But I did not mm. experience that for myself, but that is what... Okay. There, there was some other person who was talking about this cloud being unusual. Did, did you notice anything about I, that? I, there was a, there was a big, like just a big. There was a clear sky, except for this one big, like dark wall cloud, kind of just that kind of just encompassed the horizon. And you know, that's just. I mean, that's weather. But it was there on Thursday. But it was not necessarily positioned over the chapel or anything. Yeah. Okay. It was like on a very windy day, it was just a thing that didn't move. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. About yeah. So you, you were struck by the, uh, the scriptures you were led to were ones that whoever was leading it was, was also led to. I listened to that uh, message on online and uh, thought it was very good and on the theme of um, sacrificial love. Were they hungry before this started? Yes, yes. Okay. They were, but, um, they were, but in a sense of where a lot of people, we didn't know what to do. Really. Mm. Mm. It, it was like sort of 
you know, it's, it's, it's a weird place to be as a young Christian, and I will speak for myself here. I mean, I have talked with people about this, and I know sort of the general tenor, but I am giving you my perspective. Um, it's just that we sort of feel like we've kind of been hitched to a sinking ship. That's how we had been feeling. And it didn't really matter how much we loved it because it was still thinking. And and in a way, a lot of, as I was saying in the beginning, a lot of this just kind of repeating the same things while everything seemed to still be getting worse. Hmm. It's kind of just draining a lot of us. When you... This is part of how I... What I say to people about this is that, you know, we there were a lot of people who were just tired of being having to come to chapel three days a week. We do. Mm. It's mandatory. Mm. Three days a week for an hour. And now we've been there like almost a full week at this point, <laughs> voluntarily for multiple hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> when you and, talk, when you talk about the sinking ship, what do you mean by that? And again, for for me, I'm speaking for me, but. Problem nowadays is just sort of the flood of available information and misinformation in the faith. There's just there was a lot of division and not a lot of certainty about any sort of you know just basic orthodoxy or orthopraxy. So you felt like you were going through the motions, so to speak, of a, maybe a more nominal faith or even verging on a dead faith. Yes. And you were, but you wanted something more and you weren't sure how that was going to happen. Yes. And then this happened. Yes, again. <laughs> Um, why, what is different that causes students to want to stay in the chapel for hours upon hours? Well, I mean, you know, I could give the really basic answer of it's God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it just feels like a genuine sanctuary now. Hmm. Like it feels like a holy place. Hmm. And it's like, well, it's like, you know, Moses in the burning bush. Why, why did he go up to see the bush? It's because it was burning, right? Yeah. So it's, it's like that. It's like it's an actual sanctuary. Hmm. In turn, you've mentioned the word serene. So you feel the, the sort of, um, that unusual peace that only God can supply supernaturally. I think even to return to Psalm 27, um, you know, verses 4 and 5, at least, so I've got in front of me, you know, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling, he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred 
Holiness, Salfridus, and our chapel. It's a very stark chapel. Uh, I think, you know, along the walls there are three large stained glass windows, but other than that, it's sort of just, you know, white plaster and wood. Mm, unadorned. Yes, we can't. We compartmentalize them. Good. Again, I told you I felt so much like I was on a sinking ship that I hadn't really taken in that Christ has won, you know? Mm. It's what God will do. He forgave us, and he told us to forgive everyone who's wronged us. I called my father, and I told him, had Jesus loved him more than I do. Mm. How did he take that? Mm-hmm. How did he take it? Well, you know, I have a very tumultuous family, but I think it got to him. Mm. Because I did forgive him for some things that he had done to my sibling and myself. Mm. Did you <laughs> express that in the conversation, or, or the forgiveness has been ongoing? Yes, yes. But, uh, but yeah, that I was able to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You felt compelled by love. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because 
and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even to go back to what I said, I'll iterate the message or the bit from the message again. It wasn't white about white knuckling. <laughs> you know, it wasn't about just striving for it. It was just something that God enabled me to do because I had been dwelling with God. Mm. What What is actually taking place in the chapel? Is it a mix of uh, worship and music, or worship and uh, messages and prayer, or what? What? Yes. So there's been um, during the day there is uh, a lot of sung worship, um, which is not there's not even like one group of people up there all the time doing that. They sort of they rotate through um, different musicians. I think some some people from the community have come in, and then we also have a whole like worship art major here at our college. Um, and then, but then there are people sort of, that just sort of goes. And then people sort of gather together in smaller groups to pray for each other, to, uh, I've seen people uh, doing like Bible study things together. Uh, there, so there's like that sort of thing. Um, the altar is open always. And so people come up and are able to just lay things at the foot of the cross. And then, yes, and then in the evenings, they've been holding, like, actual services. Um, so there's uh, preaching. And then we still have our regularly scheduled chapels uh, that we have had. So um, on, so the thing started on Wednesday, so on both Friday and Monday, we had the, like, scheduled speaker come and give the message they were going to give. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and is this ongoing 24-7, or are there breaks? Basically, yes. Um, well, <clears throat> yes. So, I think officially what they've been doing is sort of, they've been... Um, on days where we have chapel, they like officially start at the chapel time, 10 a.m. And then I think they've been trying to sort of like officially end at 11 p.m. each night, just you know to give people a chance to rest. Right. Um, because you know we need to sleep. Yes, even we Jesus need- got tired and slept. Sounds like a a wonderful uh, outpouring of the spirit. And uh, have you read much about historical revivals? Yes, I have. Um, I've read a little bit about 
A man who mentored me, Ray Ortland, was involved at the Wheaton College Revival and also, I think, at Asbury, or they were happening about the same time in the 70s. And he talked about, he was the plan speaker uh, for a chapel service, and um, he never actually got to speak because the... (laughs) the revival sort of hit and what what sparked it was uh confession and uh it was a a student athlete who got up and confessed things and then one after another students started getting up and confessing to one another and it went on all night long uh, a service that normally would end at you know nine o'clock or something but he said before this happened, there was a, 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 a dead orthodoxy that was there and students were disinterested in chapel to the extent that they would bring magazines in to read while they were supposed to be at chapel or engaging in the chapel. Instead, they were reading, you know, news magazines or something. So... It, there's just a, a fascinating parallel in in those two aspects of what you're describing. Uh, that confession was at the heart of at the heart of it, and also the conditions were such that uh, God moved to wake up uh, people out of a slumber. And uh, in, in these historical. The historical record is God using revival sovereignly to, uh, so the church would not die throughout human history. He, it's like blowing on the embers. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what it feels like. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I've said it already, but I'll say it again. It's like, yeah, people would always groan about, you know, having to show up for an hour a day for every three days, you know, three days a week. Yes. Now we've been there for a whole week long. <laughs> mm. And they can't wait to get back. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I got out of rehearsal, like, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, I feel like I need to go back to check before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that remarkable? But it's it's so intangible, you know, what you're describing that, you know, it's not like, um, I don't know, it's, it's just... Uh, Kind of fascinating the way God draws people. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing is like just the whole campus has been sort of transformed. I mean, people are just—I mean, just nicer, really, and just like on my dorm hall, you know, they have all these whiteboards, so you know, occasionally there'd just be all sorts of, you know, like crass humor scrawled on it because you know we're a bunch of like college-age guys. Yeah. <laughs> and but this this week, it's like they've all been replaced by like just. Praises to God. Hmm. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> is is um what what was your uh, uh major? Uh, me, uh, I am an ancient languages major and a theater minor. Okay. What a combination. 
Is that because, are, are you interested in an academic sort of uh, course? <laughs> You're going to laugh. Not really. I just wanted to read scripture. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, the way things are looking right now, it's looking like I actually will be able to end up in theater somewhere. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I got into, uh, I get to audition in about a month and at the Southeastern Theater Conference which represents like the whole Southeast and uh, three of us from the university got selected as part of the audition process. Wonderful. Congratulations. All right. Well, Joshua, it's been wonderful to talk to you and uh, let's stay in touch. I may try to reach you again as things progress. Thank you for listening to this episode of the God Reports podcast. If you'd like more information on God Reports, feel free to check out godreports.com or continue to subscribe to our YouTube channel or listen to the rest of our podcasts.